I am Jake Pliskin of Night Squatch, Savannah Metal, and I suppose Prog Rock Band. Um, ah, there it is, the Squatch Post. We have a secret group for all of our things. That's You're not privy. Hell yeah. yeah. All right, so yeah, uh, just right off the bat, gonna plug this stuff. Uh, we got a bunch of shows coming up for the next like two months now. It's looking like. Um, so this weekend, I don't know if this will be out by then, uh, but this weekend, December 28th, they're going to be playing at the Jinx. Um, we're going to be headlining. We're going to be playing with uh, Forest Evil and I forget who the touring Deer band Pot. is. Deer, wait, what? Deerpot? Deerpot. D-E-R-P-O-T. What's that sound? Huh? Wait, what's that sound? Do you know? Have you heard it before? They're like, um, they're sort of like, they call themselves like Muck. Mac, what's that word? M A C B R E, macabre. Oh, yeah, macabre. Macabre rocks. So this is like, like spooky. Yeah, they're sort of yeah. like Sabbathy <laughs> and like, yeah. So that'll be a good vibe for that whole night, then, yeah. honestly. Yeah, it'll wrap it up pretty yeah. nice. But yeah, moving on. Uh, New Year's Eve at the Wormhole. It's my favorite dive bar. Um, we're going to be playing with the Love Cats, Garbage Dog, and uh, Perpetual Care, all local Savannah bands. So that's going to be, you know, just a hell of a way to rein in the new decade. Uh, and then on the 17th, we're playing. At the Jinx with our boy right here. What's up? Yeah, it's <laughs> going to be great. That's good. Ooh, that one's going to be fat. That is going to be a fun show. I'm excited for that. I'm, well, I'm excited for all of them. Yeah, but, that's the Mr. Um, Wait release, too. They're, it's coming out with an album, a whole ass album, right? No, 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 just the anniversary show. Oh, it's yeah. just an anniversary? Yeah, ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, on, <laughs> sorry to get you. Fair home. enough. Oh, just dashed me upon the rocks and that's there. With, uh, that's with Forest Evil as well on the 17th. Nice. Uh, dude, they just kind of are at home with the Jinx, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. I think um, Dan, the lead, like knows a bunch of the guys over there. Makes he's, sense. He's kind of a regular, so. I mean, it's a spooky yeah. place. They're a spooky band. Yeah, it's it the works. Black Sabbath warship, you know? It works. Yeah, then coming up on the 31st of January, we're going to be at El Rocco. I have no idea who we're playing with, and I don't think uh, the Booker does yet either. TBA. <laughs> and then uh, we will be playing at Arafest. At the Jinx on February 22nd. That's going to be a whole ass weekend. We're playing, I think, the second night. Uh, you know, there's going to be bands like Basque, Inner Arma, uh, Torch, the whole nine yards. Dude, it's going to be a great time. <laughs> I love me some Basque. I got to see them I for the know. first time. I I'm... actually just left my Basque shirt up at my parents' place. Oh, uh, shit, my yeah. mom texted me. She's like, you forgot your shirt. Oh, no. Fuck. I got the, um, I got the one with, like, the keyhole design. Hell, yeah. Dude, oh, they're, they're so fucking legit. Like, um, I love their bass player. Like, met him. Super big beard, bald, tough as nails, and just wearing a shirt that says like death metal and craft beer. And I'm like, yeah, I like that. I, like like that. I, I, I feel that. <laughs> so it all, resonates our, with me. RFS is running out of the Jinx now because they were um, at Ships of the Sea, I think. Both. Oh, yes. Yeah, so actually, I think they did used to, you know, hold all their stuff at Ships of the Sea. I don't know if it was in the parking lot or anything because I work at Lulu's, which is like right across the street from that. So mm-hmm. like every year. It just get like real brutal for a weekend, which yeah. is like really strange clientele for yeah. my the martini bar that I work in. Sure, um, but yeah, they also are doing smaller shows leading up to our uh, um, at the Sentient Bean, which mm-hmm. is like you know that little coffee shop for anybody that's not in Savannah. Um, it's a very strange place to be hosting metal shows, but yeah. I'm looking forward to it, and I'm really hoping. I'm going to ask them. I'm going to see if they let me run my fog machine. <laughs> Out of the sentient? Hell yeah. I think they will. I think because th- they have like a curtain divide, so I think it'll be good. Are y'all y'all playing there? Yeah. Where are y'all playing there? Uh, that is the one on... Um, oh, damn it. Is there another date that I've missed? Oh, yeah. No, it's the uh, the one on the 11th in January. We're playing that with uh, Vacant Flesh and um, I think a touring band. Uh, Vacant Flesh is another local one. They're just like some real brutal Savannah metal. Um, young guys too. They're they're really crushing young. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're doing the they're doing their thing. I'm really really excited to see them. They got potential. They got momentum. Yeah, they um yeah they've been playing pretty regularly. They did the the Civi spot. They did the Sentient Beans. That spot Civi a show times. was great. That's where yeah. I actually first saw them or even heard of them at all. Yeah, um, yeah we we had to miss that one. We could have played it, but uh. Duh. I'm glad I got to make it there anyway. That was a real hell of a time. And honestly, Civvies, just the space is really good for shows too. Like that whole first floor in the open floor plan. Because mm-hmm. like it didn't used to be like that. Um, it used to be Civvies was just on like the second story and the third yeah. story. And then the first story was like this weird, uh, it was like, it might have been an antique yeah, shop yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, All kinds of weird furniture, like old looking furniture and wood cabinets and what have you. Um I had been there in a long, long, long time, and so I finally went back for that show, and they had just cleared it all out, and like there was that kind of curved rail in the back with all the clothes and the racks on it, what have you. But like it was just this big open space. Otherwise, it was 
a perfect DIY stage. Well, I'm glad. I, um, are they going to continue that? Uh, I think so. That? Okay. Yeah, my understanding is that because um, like the lease for the building or something was going on sale, mm-hmm. and they were going to lose civvies, and they had to raise it was like two million dollars, and I think yeah. they might have actually done it. Really? Yeah. In order to buy it back. Well, goddamn. Don't quote me on that, but <laughs> at the very least, it's you a heard, message of hope. You possibly <laughs> heard it here first. Yeah. Well, very cool. It's nice to see that there's a lot going on and. Especially early with the next year, because sometimes in the scene, some things slog along oh, those yeah. first couple months. So I mean, It's been slogging are... for a while, too. Sure. Yeah, sure. No, it's coming back. It's weird having like that whole like three venues for original music, and then like Sentient Bean is like that's, that Y vowel, like, and sometimes the Sentient Bean. So it's like four original music venues. It's, kind of, it's, it's weird when those are the spots, because in a month, it's like you play maybe one a week. But you don't want to play too much more than oh, that. Oh, yeah, oversaturate like, it. Bad yes, idea. Um, we've done that. We did that once over the summer. We played, uh, it was like, it was crazy. It was Cynthia and Bean Jinx, El Rocco, and Wormhole all within four days. <laughs> and we we're just done. We we're like, all right, a couple weeks off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially in a city like Savannah, it's small here. It's small. Um, like, it's a very passionate music community, but at the same time, it's still pretty small. You're going to see most of the same faces every time. And like, that's all right. But it means you got to be a little more strategic about it. Sure. Like, we had to do the same thing with El Rocco. I love playing there. Yeah. Um, that was actually our first not uh, DIY show for mm-hmm. Night Squatch. Um, and, like, Forrest is, does phenomenal sound there. I, you basically, we just love playing there. But, like, it got to the point where we were doing it, like, two times a month at least. Yeah. And we just had to, like, take a step back and start turning stuff down. Sure. Especially those weekday shows where yeah. you just know it's like, all right, SCAD's out. It's on a Tuesday. Nah. <laughs> playing for myself basically yeah 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 and the other bands other like that little teammate at the end like good job nice <laughs> great sound it's good it's good but it is to like especially bands like yours uh bands like mine other bands that are at sort of our level the best thing you can do at this sort of level is turn down some shows because you're gonna a tough pill to swallow it, it's hard to swallow and but it's one of those it's it's necessary because you we're talking about oversaturation. You can wear your fucking self out. You can oh, wear yeah. your fans out. Like, you know, if you played back to back, like Jinx and then El Rocco, like I'd go see you at the Jinx or El Rocco, but if it was like back to back nights, I probably wouldn't make both shows, you know, yeah, like I wouldn't. Um, <laughs> there's something, there's something to that for sure. But um, smoothest segue you've ever heard. First contact. Oh, let's yeah. talk about it. <laughs> I know it's, it's um, release was in May. Uh, I believe May so. May of 2019. It was it was somewhere around like spring summer area. Yeah. Um, walk me through it. Three songs. I was uh, listening to it this morning. I listened to it when it first came out. This was an excellent. Uh, I love doing this because it makes me it. I get to go back and listen to it, um, and sort of like come up with some notes and stuff about the music. But I kind of want to just give you the floor to just talk about <laughs> it and talk right about whatever you want. Um, so yeah, that was basically the first three songs, uh, that we wrote and, you know, put together. Um, at first we were kind of looking at it like an album, but more and more, it just seems like an EP. Um, cause we've had like some lineup changes and just general changes in philosophy and how we approach it. And like, also just, we've gotten better. We've done a lot of practicing, uh, for the past year. Um, which is also, oh, Side note, this New Year's Eve show is going to be our anniversary. Uh, our first show was on New Year's Eve, so that's pretty exciting. But I digress. Um, so yeah, it was the first three songs we wrote. Um, one of them is absolutely long as hell um, and comprises probably about a third of the entire EP. Yeah, it's, it's like 21 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, that one's uh, the... Um, you're going to... Misanthropocene Sword. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that one actually kind of tells the story, or the lore, I should say, of... Um, the night squash the titular character he is out there we know he's real um <laughs> let's just get that out of the way um but basically this figure who was in a civilization advanced civilization on earth millions and millions of years ago they were in a golden age a technological and spiritual golden age and they realized we need to see what else is out there we need to explore the universe time and space and so they sent their two champions their brothers just into the beyond to see what was out there if you've seen uh <laughs> contact with Jodie Foster. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that big, uh, the machine or whatever where they yes. drop her in and yeah, then, like, yeah, yeah. have the hyperdimensional, like, experience that was yeah. kind of psychedelic. Basically like that. Okay. But in doing so, they came into contact with, you know, some kind of super entity, some kind of advanced intelligence, and in just contacting it, just trying to talk to it, it just scooped their souls out, scooped their minds out, 
you know, just too great to comprehend, like a Cthulhu figure. Um, and so his brother scooped out, hollowed, and basically just possessed by void fauna, if you want to call it that. Uh, just crazy, horrible things. Um, animals, in a strange sense of the word. The Night Squatch himself, cursed with immortality, launched back to Earth. Um, over time, his brother, not really his brother anymore, became a leader of their civilization and brought their downfall about because he was just a servant of chaos at that point. Um, his brother, Night Squatch, destined to fight. Um, he got his ass kicked. Really unfortunate. So Earth just kind of had to recover for years. Dinosaurs came around. Mammals, squid, all of that biz. People are here now. Night Squatch is still out there, just wandering. He's immortal. He's wise. And we want to find him so we can learn his knowledge, learn what he has to say, and spread that message. That's kind of what the album is. I like it. Anytime you want to deep dive into lore, go yeah, for uh, it. I have that written. Don't right. even get me started. <laughs> right. no, that's, my, that's my bottom note. Lore of Night Squatch. So just do. Yeah, lore is really important. You Whenever know, you want to. It's our history. If you want to go down a path and loop it back around, you're free to do yeah, so. right on. I think, I think if there is someone such as yourself who has taken time to develop the lore behind it, like exploring the lore is definitely a, a um, what's the word? Uh I can't think of the word, but it's, it, it would make sense to explore the lore oh, if somebody sure. has taken the time to create it. Well, the important part is it's all not necessarily the exploits of the Night Squatch because he has just as much of a responsibility as we do to learn the stories of those around him that he's traveled with. So he's also regaling the tales of things that he has seen, people that he has known, other battles that he wasn't necessarily in but feels should be passed down and remembered. And we're just doing the same thing. We're following in his giant giant footsteps i like the separation you're not night squatch we are not no i would struggle to even say that it's necessarily worship it's definitely reverence um we are humbled by him none of us could be him none of us could do what he does but we hope to at least inspire others to find him themselves outside and within is his uh is his brother still active and out oh. there are they dormant? Who knows? Okay. Nobody, nobody has seen or heard of his brother in millions and millions of years. Do you dig deep into this concept? Do you like? Are you going to explore this for several albums? You think? Oh, um, it's probably just going to be a thread throughout all of our work. Obviously, most of what we do is inspired by this, but a lot of it also comes from personal places or, you know, just things that we observe in the world. Um, it is a lot of our experiences filtered through this lens. Um, while at the same time taking these other experiences that are not filtered and just being like, here's what we know. Here's these things that we have heard, and you should know it. It'll improve your life. It'll, it'll make you help the world be a better place. I like it. So in terms of, uh, so we have this release. When are you thinking about getting another release? Like how far away is that, um, do you think? Probably a couple more songs worth um, that we would just have to write. Um I don't know how many songs we're going to necessarily pass over for that, though. I would hopefully say within the next year or two, we'll okay. have like an actual full-length album, um, not just a long EP. Um, it really just depends on whether we'd like to tour first or record first. Um, who knows? Yeah, and that's a that's a big decision. Yeah. I, I feel like it would be pretty difficult to record your music and tour with it at the same time. It's, yeah. That'd be a lot to sort of, that's a, that's an undertaking because that's a lot of musical work. That's a lot of time um, sp spent tracking <laughs> and spent playing. That's, I do, you brought up the fact that your first release, it, it's long enough to be an LP, but because it's kind of segmented the way it is, it's, it's interesting because like your music, how y'all sort of skirt between lines, you're sort of doing the same thing with the release. It, it functions more like an EP, but it is long enough to be an LP. It's interesting. I really like your sort of creative flow and the, <laughs> I guess, the ethos well, of the thanks. band. No, it, it it's it's interesting because it's it's smashing paradigms at every corner, at like every turn. You know, it's it's multi leveled, and I like that. Right I think on. It's yeah. It's you it's, make it sound so awesome. <laughs> it really is. Like if if anybody says that it's not, they haven't seen you guys live. And I think there's a lot to be taken from the live show. I think there's a lot to be taken from the the recording. And I'm looking for I'm looking forward for both to improve. And like you were saying with your sort of 
um, since like the first time I've saw seen you since the last time, which has been a bit, but like, I mean, y'all improved dramatically. Like, and I think that shows a dedication to what you're doing. And that's, that's the impressive part. Cause it is not an easy undertaking. You're not going in there and banging out three chord songs. Like <laughs> it's quite. impressive. It is impressive. Right on. Thank you. I mean, we'd put in the hours, um, at this point we're practicing like three nights a week. Um, if I wasn't working nights, it might even go up more, but who knows? Um, but like, we just like to be challenged. We all have been doing, you know, the music thing for a while. Um, and like this just kind of right time, right place. We were all here and we all wanted this thing that would challenge us, make us better. That was still like fun and not just masturbatory. Sure. Um, so it just works out. Like it, it pushes us. It is almost like it's own its own organism that is goading us along as much as we are goading it. That's excellent. I think that's the best way to, uh, the best way to approach this kind of stuff. Just how exactly how you said it and talk to, um, who's in the, who's your current drummer? Uh, Tanner Hamilton. That's who I thought. I, I only <laughs> caught a glimpse. shit. Yeah. <laughs> Phenomenal musician, uh, does his own stuff. Can't yep. wait. To, I'm trying to get him in here, uh, probably within the next month or two. Um, cause I definitely want to talk to him about his stuff, but I thought that was him. I saw some of y'all, I, y'all were playing, I feel like it was two tides recently. Yeah. The metal and, show they had, but he had like, he had a mask on. I was like, I feel like that's Tanner, but I can't see him. Yeah. So that's excellent. And everybody else is John Ross and yeah, Mario. Same lineup otherwise. Okay. Excellent. How's it, how's it been transitioning with Tanner and the band? Oh, um, really fantastically smooth. I was just grateful that we had the EP, um, out to do that because like, I've done lineup changes before without recorded material and it's an absolute asshole. Sure. Um, just like having to go through each thing, break it down riff by riff by riff and repeat it a million times ad nauseum is a pain in the ass. Uh, having recorded material made it a million times easier, but also he was just really quick on the uptake. Yeah. Um, he's super creative and like he's got the technical chops to back it up. So he just be like, oh, I hear that and... I'll try this. I'm like, oh, well, that sounded fucking awesome, you know? Does he, do, did he, he came in with his own sort of creative take on it? Like, I mean, playing the part, obviously, but. Yeah, no, he, he definitely doesn't want to necessarily do what we were doing before. Okay. Big step. Oh, yeah. I, is he, is he kind of influencing that with your recorded stuff? He's like, so like, let's, you know, um, obviously from a drumming standpoint, not a lot of the tonal concepts. Uh, are in his wheelhouse, but is is he's coming in with his own sort of personality behind oh, the playing? Yeah. That's excellent. That's that's what I'd like to see. And like you were saying, with I think having the recorded uh, material works really well, especially with drummers, because it's kind of gives it puts the ball in their court a little bit. They have the time to go down and dissect it, because that's what drummers have to do. It's like not necessarily learn licks, but learn uh, learn parts overall. And so I'm glad that that was a smooth process for y'all. I'm glad y'all are still kicking ass. And uh, moving along, um, what's the member, like the different members in Night Squatch, what's their contribution level to how this all fits together? Um, all right, so I'll just start um, with me, I suppose. Uh, I will typically like write the, ska, the songs, or at least the, the skeletons of the songs. Because like, when I'm at home, I'm just you know watching nature, uh, nature documentaries with the volume down, just writing riffs, what have you. Mm -hmm. um, just real stony hazy afternoons uh, writing riffs so I'll slap all of this stuff together show it to the boys and then um, Mario and John Ross usually will uh, just start being like well, all right, well that works that doesn't necessarily work this could be swapped around we could change this uh, move this note up to like you know one fret up or whatever mm -hmm. just to like make it not quite as dissonant and you know they'll just like help me do like cleanup and stuff and then we start getting the momentum together and that's pretty much it. Um, we will generally know like about the time it just feels right. It's like, okay, this song is pretty much done. Um, but like Mario, for instance, he's coming from like a super like emo and technical background. Mm -hmm. um, so he like, he has music theory in his brain. He's got the singing chops, um, you know, coheed worship. Yeah. If, if, if <laughs> yeah, hear that word, coheed worship and understand it. Like that is Mario. Um, and so, like, he's bringing a lot of that skill to the table, uh, which is just making all of us better, uh, because, like, he's teaching me how to sing. Uh, he's helping uh, John Ross, like, get in line with, like, kind of the weird vocal stuff that we're doing. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, John Ross, <laughs> unbelievable basis. His energy is incredible. He it just is, goes, yeah. and goes and goes and goes and goes and um, goes. 
I mean, unbelievably creative player too. Uh, he is just doing stuff that like I'd never really heard before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, Tanner is just, wow. Um, I'm really excited to see the band with Tanner. I think like it's a vast, vast yeah. change. I'm really excited for that. And like you're saying, I love what everybody brings to the table because Mario does have that like sort of technical breakdown. Yeah. Um, we all listen to different music on our own too. Yeah. That's, that's a big aspect. Like none of us are really bringing the same influences. I think that's important, but it's interesting because they all fit so well into this. And like John Ross, like the only way I can describe his playing is like, the first couple times I saw, he really reminds me of Cliff Burton. <laughs> like just that, you know, that live uh, yeah. show Metallica did, I think it was in the 86 and San Fran, like some big park amphitheater thing. And like just the way he finger style, it just like long lanky banana hands. Like that's who he reminds me of. And it's, it's interesting seeing you guys all fit together that way with those vastly different uh, sort of musical backgrounds. I'm surprised that it, you know, holds together as well as it does. It's, it, it, there's this, there is this chaos to it. There is this sort of like when you're watching it, there are these parts that where you're watching it sort of spiral and you feel like it could fall apart at any moment, but there's this like strains adhesion to the parts and how they transition. And it is, it is like in the beginning you said, uh, metal and somewhat prog I definitely consider you guys prog <laughs> somewhat prog doesn't quite do it justice enough I think we're definitely into the prog realm well like, yeah especially with those uh the changes keeping everything together because that's the one thing with these like long complex songs that you have to do is you have to have diversity between parts otherwise you can't play the same riff oh, for sure. nine and a half minutes nobody's gonna pay attention anymore so i wouldn't want to do that no. I, it's boring <laughs> for me to play that for sure for sure well i'm really um really excited to see you guys saturday i'm i'm really excited that that was tanner um jumping back a little bit to first contact going back in time Walk me through the recording process. Like, where'd you guys, where'd you guys record out of? I know Bobby Shock was sort of the producer yeah, engineer did. on it. Um, the multi shout out to the multi talented Bobby Shock. Um, but yeah, what was that like? Uh, it was pretty smooth. Um, we did it pretty fast. Probably rushed a little bit, but like we at that point really, really, really just wanted something out. Um, because it had been like six months, I think, and we still had no real recorded material out. That's just not gonna do. Um. But yeah, so we did it at uh, the Holy Ghost Tabernacle, which, have you been there? That's on Montgomery? Yeah. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. There's a bunch of bands that practice there. It's, you know, an old uh, church that was converted into just kind of a maker space, and then the second story is like jam zone. And That's uh, Hot Plate's place. Yeah, Hot Plate, okay, yeah. Uh, Love Cats. Um, I think Lilac's out of there. I think, I don't know. There's there's a bunch of bands that practice there. Because like, you walk in, and like it's just this giant open floor. Uh, and there's just amps and equipment gear dump everywhere. <laughs> uh, it's wild. Um, yeah, so we just kind of set up there. We'd go in the morning, and like I'd eat a bunch of Airheads or whatever I needed to to like get my throat all flimmy for the vocal parts. <laughs> um, yeah, we. Uh, That's DIY just, if I've ever heard it. For sure. <laughs> it was. Uh, how do we do it? Uh, this was when uh, Joe was on drums. And uh, me and him just played together. Um, we actually didn't use scratch tracks. Uh, so basically, me and him just laid down, like, the foundation for it, um, since most of the rest of the band follows what I'm doing it anyway, okay. at any given point. Uh, so it was weirdly more important to have the guitar before the bass. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, then the other guys just kind of built on top of that. Um, I mean, like I said, they were all songs that we had already written and been playing. We didn't write anything new for that. We tweaked a few things, like for the tower, uh, which was that really epic instrumental track. We extended the intro on that a little bit, just so it kind of felt a little more like you were in some tundra wasteland. Um, Give the track space to yeah, breathe exactly. and like, sit with you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wanted like, I wanted to build a scene. I like approaching songs as if I'm directing a movie almost. Okay. Because um, I, I usually have a very visual component in my head that obviously is difficult to translate into music, but it's in there. And I know, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, that was pretty much it. We did it over like two or three days for the instrumentals. And then, uh, Bobby came to my house and we recorded the vocals in my long, long hallway. Um, <laughs> what is it? On uh, this misanthropocene sword in the beginning and the end, uh, you kind of hear like that, that noise, that like gurgling noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, um, Mario. He was doing a bong solo. 
Uh, <laughs> and then Bobby just put like a shit ton of reverb on top of it. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I like knowing what the sound effect is. Now yeah. I have that little Easter egg, as be, if you will. Well, see, now you know, and any, anybody listening knows, like when you hear that sound, rip whatever is in front of you. Just take a big inhale of that sticky icky of that devil's lettuce <laughs> of that. Uh, jazz cabbage <laughs> the hog's leg that you rolled up beforehand that's when you should hit that and then you will be transported on a 21 minute long journey return safely or Maybe. is it up in the air it's it's up in the air <laughs> so um and then are, were the other instruments tracked out of the the trinity church location yeah. okay um in terms of when you and Joe were laying stuff down, did would y'all were y'all clicked in or did y'all just sort of y'all just <laughs> we can't do a click for this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was I was curious because there's 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 ways to like sort of automate tempo change. So um, and I was I just was wondering if uh, that was a, an approach or not. So <laughs> no, that was answer. not even on the table. <laughs> it would definitely be it would definitely be tricky. So I was just curious as to if that was uh, was uh, wasn't. Uh, was utilized because I wanted notes. I would be hitting Bobby. Up. How did you? How did you automate the the click track? Because if I knew, I would tell you. <laughs> so yeah. Um, in terms of all that, I think I got all my answers that I was looking for. Do you want to go a little deeper into the lore of Night Squatch? In terms of like, huh. what's your th- what is your thought process behind like when you're creating this music? Like I know you said you kind of you're. It's not this sort of like linear focus. It is sort of cherry picked from different sort of ideas however that manifests in terms of when you sit down to, to write these things do you have a pretty good idea of what you want to write or sometimes i do sometimes i don't okay. um usually lyrics are the last thing to come um when okay. i'm writing a song i think that's probably pretty common um sure. maybe it's not i don't know um but uh train of thought train of thought oh yeah um as far as lyrical content goes, um, and like the things that I'm adding and how I'm writing it, um, I kind of live by the philosophy, or at least creatively, creatively, creatively. Um, I live by the philosophy that any story you're trying to tell, any emotion that you are feeling and trying to convey, whatever, all of that can be improved by telling it through the lens of sci-fi or fantasy. Okay. Um, so like whatever I happen to be feeling, I want to write a song about like, oh, I had this shitty thing happened to me and I'm going to, you know, just exercise it through song like so many other artists and musicians do. Um, but instead of just talking about this thing and how it made you feel, make it epic, dude, make it about swords and lasers. and like, what have you <laughs> put it in fucking space? Like it makes it a better story. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I try and tell most of the things that I do as if it were a story. Um, I just kind of think narratively that's how my brain do. Yeah. Um, like it's a film kind of like you were talking yeah, about. Exactly. Like the tower is a really good example. Um, in my head, I actually I have storyboards for it uh, in one of my sketchbooks somewhere, um, just because it helped me out with the process. Like I have this whole idea of like what would be happening. Like not even for necessarily a music video, um, but just like as I was writing the song, I was thinking like, okay, this is how like this would happen. Okay, he's fighting this fucking dude here. He's getting his ass kicked, walking up a tower. Um, yeah. Also, um, you're talking about influences and how that. Im- influences the writing process um i mentioned sci-fi and uh, fantasy a lot a lot a lot of what i'm you know introducing comes from the various other uh things that i consume um just other artists that inspire me and i want to incorporate their ideas and like what they've had to say or what they've done um like i'm learning about like world building and stuff from all of these people um ask the question again no, no, you're good. No, that was all quality stuff. In terms of like these influences and wanting to sort of explore the things in this way, I liked how you were sort of comparing it to uh, like you're thinking in a narrative because I think that gives this this interesting sort of like you have this real world experience. You want to talk about it or you want to like artistically express it. And then you're sort of like making it hyperbolic. You're like sort of shifting at another angle, making it fantasy, making it sci-fi, building upon it, making it into this giant thing. And it's this, it's this interesting sort of process that I'm definitely, um, I'm definitely interested in and I'm just trying to, sorry, I'm trying, I'm trying to follow it as best <laughs> I can. Um, 
because what I was I was asking is like uh, in terms of like do you sit down with intent or do you sort of like pull it out of the oh ether there's as the it, question again as it like comes out yeah yeah um, a little bit of both because like a lie like I said before a lot of the stuff that I write um, will just be the product of like me sitting in my living room stoned one afternoon writing riffs for three hours um, but sometimes I will set out and be like I have this thing inside of me um, and I will just sit there and like play and play and play until I think okay this riff sounds like that feels that one is locked in and then I'll just do that again and again and again and like usually when I'm doing something like that that's more intentional I'll have kind of an idea of where I want the lyrical content to go also sure um in in an instance like that it is not the last thing I think of okay Um, but I still don't necessarily like write the song around any particular melody um it's just a little bit more interwoven than normal yeah it gives it a theme to kind of structure the atmosphere of the song around okay I like that. I, I think that's a, a good answer in terms of like, I like multidimensional stuff like that. Like I don't like hard and fast answers. Like, yeah, I sit down and I write intentionally yeah. <laughs> every time. I don't think that that's always the way that it works. Um, in terms of current influences, like who are you listening to right now? Oh man. Um, I'm kind of back on a metal kick right now, actually. Um, okay. I, I am a metal head at my core. Um, and I have been since I was a child, but you know, I stray from it every once in a while. Um, right now I'm actually, I'm listening to a lot of like three inches of blood and like okay. power metal and stuff. Um, okay. like really geeky stuff. Um, a lot of black metal, um, Oathbreaker. I love Oathbreaker. Um, I don't know her name, but their front woman is an actual fucking bog wish. She yeah. is a banshee. I um, s- it, her vocals are some of the most impressive dirty vocals I've ever heard. Terrifying. I saw, th- <laughs> I think they played with Skeleton Witch and Iron Reagan. And like that was a fucking phenomenal show. I was like, this is what the Jinx is supposed to be. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, was it was, the Jinx? It was. What? Yeah. <laughs> it was a couple years ago. It was like three Holy or four years hell. ago. But yeah, Oathbreaker's incredible. Um, yeah, I also, um, I listen to, I love, probably when you listen to like anything that I listen to, um, the last thing you'd expect me to say is that I have a deep, deep love of um, like on YouTube, like the lo-fi hip hop, like all okay, of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like whatever emotion you're feeling, whatever experience you're having, whatever setting you're in or would like to feel, uh, you just type that in like noun lo-fi or noun vaporwave <laughs> and you'll get like 45 minutes of like good emotionally potent music. Um, been listening to, I fucking, I love the Mars Volta. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like that, that'll always be within me. I'm just always going to be listening to that. Um and like that kind of weird, almost alien quality yeah, that Omar yeah. brings into it. Um, yeah, that's a weird level of musicianship. <laughs> I have band. a theory that uh, Cedric and Omar actually crash landed in Roswell <laughs> in 1947. I can see it. Yeah, yeah, I dig it. As somebody that's like more of a casual Mars Volta fan, because I've listened to um, uh, D. Loust in the Comatorium. <sighs> that's the one. <laughs> um, do you have Do you have albums beyond? Because I've listened to um, first three Bedlam. Bedlam um, is good. Um, that was their first one with their different drummer, with uh, Thomas Pridgen. Yeah, and like he's incredible, but he really overplays. Yeah, he's a he's a film master. Yeah. Like it's interesting watching him do like solo videos. Like I would like I I for some reason have an infatuation with drummers. Um, no interest in picking up the instruments. I just like watching <laughs> drummers play, and he's one of the most interesting drummers to watch for sure. But that was definitely a, a shift in sound for sure. So the first three albums, yeah. Could, yeah, I'm. I'm sort of. Uh, I'm getting more into that sort of like. Uh, I'm dipping my toe into that cr- just fucking nut stuff like that. Dylan's oh, yeah. escape plan. And Listen to a lot of Mastodon yet? Oh, I love Mastodon. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah All right, yeah, cool. Yeah, That's yeah. like all, same kind of crazy, um, but like a very different approach to it. Yeah, I um, crack the sky was like oh such a. One of those, like, you know when you look back and you have those musical changing moments? Because there's yes. a lot of times where you're like, I like this song, but there's shit like Crack the Sky that's like, there's this whole other world it out It changes there. your yeah. idea of what music yeah. can be. Um, you know, actually, uh, put me on to Mastodon was uh, Marcy. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, and that was like probably like four or five years ago, and uh, they were like, go listen to Crack the Sky when yes. you get home tonight. It was one of those things I was supposed to be at work early the next morning, put on headphones to listen to it, and was like... Stayed up I'm listening to be the tired whole thing. Tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. Going into work tired. But yeah, I'm sort of dipping my toe into sort of that more crazy stuff. And I listen to um uh, uh pre um Mars Volta the split. At the drive in. At the drive in, yeah, and, and they're back now, right? Um, I think I, I think that might have just been a, like a one time thing. Oh okay. Um, and it's for the best. Uh, let's be honest with ourselves. They're not pissed off 20-year-olds anymore, you know? It's true. It's true. I d- oh, fuck, though. Left-hand scissor. Ugh. God damn. Um, 
I think that was another one of those like changing moments. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. J- like never heard anything like it. And that's, uh, but yes, yeah, so, um, sorry to get off, uh, off topic. Oh no, my uh, pleasure. What, um, <laughs> speaking of the, you're talking about how you can like search an emotion and then add and then lo-fi. Yeah. Um, Boolean search y'all check it out. Um, <laughs> um, I think that's what it's called. Um, it's an interesting time to be alive and to be a musician. Uh, agreed. I, I think there's like, I think there's a lot of like, obviously there's pros and cons to everything. I think there's a lot of hate being thrown, um, towards a lot of things that I don't necessarily understand with people's own opinions on stuff. But, um, I couldn't imagine a better time to be alive as a musician because there's, there's so much content out there. And with that, like there's a waiting process for sure. Like kind of getting through stuff to find other stuff. Sure. But like, and we have shit like any song you want to learn, type it. You can go fucking learn it right Songster, now. Songster, ultimate guitar, yeah. whatever. whatever. It's all want, out there. Yeah. And however you want to learn it. And um, in terms of uh, in terms of music, I don't think there's ever been a more influential time in terms of how much different stuff is happening right now. Um, what's your take on all of it? Like, do you do you enjoy the landscape you occupy? Oh, for sure. Um, I. I'm overwhelmed by it a lot. Um, as far as like the best time, um, I would say it's the best time to be a consumer of music. Okay. Um, because there's so much out there. Um, but dude, they had it real easy back in the day because there was just nothing else like it. So like any crazy creative idea was like the first of its kind. Yeah, sure. Like you think about like black Sabbath, the title track off their title album. Yeah. Um, super simple song. Like, if you did that now, you'd sound like a million different bands. But back then, nobody had ever heard anything so fucking evil or, like, dreadful. Yeah. So, that was a whole thing. But at the same time, that's, like, another world ago. That was, that's a different place at this point. Um, Now, as far as being a creator in today's music landscape goes, there's more influence than you could possibly know what to do with, which is incredible. And, like, it all moves so fast. Every time I feel like, okay, well, this is it. Music has been pushed to its minimum, or to its maximum, like... I don't see what humans can do to like push this thing anymore. Somebody fucking does it. And mm-hmm. like, it's, it's just insane to watch it happen yeah, in real time I for know. the first time. It's, <laughs> it's wild. And like, I like this whole new, like this is sort of an unprecedented level where like a band, like let's say a tier above our level uh, can release a single on Spotify or whatever. And then they can also have a playthrough of it on YouTube and they can just like they're like here's how we're doing it. and they'll release tabs and they'll release and it's it's wild it's it's this is not explored territory and i think i'm personally like really excited to be a part of it i like i like the fact that it's like i mean say what you will about about spotify but it's interesting that like i have music on the same platform as you know like a band like ember city oh, who's yeah. at our level or slayer that could have never like, happened like even 10 years ago no 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 and i think i think there is something to like i feel i feel people when they say that like they think that m- musicians are being exploited at this level um but then i also like have to think like, when have they not i mean it's a dirty fucking business yeah. like <laughs> the dirtiest of businesses um i think the only thing dirtier than what we do in terms of business practices is crime <laughs> crime and modeling ah, yes. <laughs> and yeah actual legit crime is the only <laughs> thing below what the music industry is and does um but it's it i like where the tell me like what's your thoughts on like our scene consolidated like savannah yeah how do you feel about it i am overjoyed honestly um i've been in savannah for about 10 years now. Um, yeah. Um, and in that time, like it used to have a very, very vibrant scene. Um, there was, it mostly leaned towards like punk and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and some indie, what have you. And then it just fell off the map for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, all the house venues, all the DIY venues just gone, got shut down, uh, by the city or just people moved. Um, because you know, Savannah's kind of a transient city. It's all students. There's very few permanent residents. So, like, the music in Savannah just kind of died for a while. There weren't even any new bands. If there were, they usually wouldn't have any place to play. But in the past, like, year or so, I've been noticing a very upward trend. There's more DIY venues again. Um, there are, at this point, more bands than I can remember. Yeah, um, yeah. And it feels like there's, like, a new one, like, every month or something. Sure. Um, there's bigger events, more shows. It's really exciting. Um, and I'm 
really looking forward to getting back into that kind of like tight knit family vibe, um, which is almost impossible uh, to avoid in Savannah, I feel, because it is such a small community. Sure. And, you know, going back to that thought I had earlier, you're always seeing the same people. Mm -hmm. Um, So it makes those shows, especially the DIY ones, um, a very intimate experience. And, like, you you feel that much closer to everybody for that. And as long as this trend continues, it's just going to get that much more potent. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. That's excellent. I like the optimism. That's beautiful. It's refreshing to hear. Um, I think there is a level this of... This scene is dead. Uh, this fucking sucks. Like, no place to play. <laughs> We're not getting paid $10,000 a year minimum. No, this, this no, place is baller. I'm very happy to be here when we are here. Yeah. Yeah, that's excellent. I, um, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. It feels like there's more good bands than there have been yeah. in a long fucking time. Like that last... We were talking about um, the, the last time it was this vibrant. You know, there's shit like... Uh, uh, like Baroness, Baroness Circle yeah, Takes the Square. Yeah, yeah no, Savannah's got a legacy yeah, of like very good bands. <laughs> and those bands are, they're still around and yeah. some of them are still active and stuff. But like now it's like sort of a, it's a revival time, I think. And like, like we're talking, there's young, there's young fucking guys like Vacant Flesh and they're, they're putting their work in, they're getting their chops up. And then, um, we're getting new venues too. Yeah. Was it Victory North? It was yeah. like a mid size, like I, real ass venue. How, I did not, thank you for saying something because it escaped my notes. Tell me about playing with Black Dahlia. <laughs> Holy shit. I like when I was planning, because I was going to have you on a couple weeks ago and um, had some scheduling issues. I had the question. Can't believe I forgot it. Uh, Night Squatch played and opened for the Black Dahlia murder at Victory North a couple months ago and was so fucking pissed I had to work that night. Walk me through that show. It was a humbling experience, to say the least. Um, leading up to it, we because we had just heard like, oh, Black Dahlia murder is coming into town and um, we just like shot an email off to, uh, this guy that one of us knew at uh, victory North didn't really expect it. Um, cause like if you look at our numbers on like any of the social media, it's, we got, we got weenie numbers. Um, sure. and we figure, okay, they're probably just going to like go off of that. And we heard back from them and they just asked like, Hey, do you think you could like sell X amount of tickets? Yes. Cool. Awesome. You're in. Um, so like, holy shit. First, holy shit moment. Um, and then we just worked our asses off. Um, that's when we first started getting kind of comfortable with like the three practices a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like really got it all together. Um, tightened everything up more than it ever had been before. Um, got better costumes. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, um, I, it was just a really humbling experience, especially like to have something like that happen within the first year yeah. of being like a, a functioning band. Um, couldn't have expected it uh, to play on that stage. Like it felt good. It was well put together. Like the whole affair, um, just the sound was obviously great. Um, the venue itself was, it was just a beautiful space. I, I, I love being there. I, I really, <laughs> there's, there's no like one particular thing I can point out other than just like, it was phenomenal. Um, I just wish they let me use our fog machine. Oh, they I love oh, that okay. thing. Low pan. That's what I named it after the, um, the wizard from a uh, big trouble in little China. Oh, yeah. Cause he's always yeah. shooting fog out of his fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> well, excellent. I'm glad you had a good time. Like, wh- um, how was, like, were you nervous getting oh, up? Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I could, I could but sit the, here and tell you that I wasn't leading up to it. I would say like, no, dude, I'm totally confident. Like whatever, yeah. we're going to be fine. But like inside my heart was just like, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those, like a week out, you're getting the occasional pang. Yeah. And, and then, then like closer and closer like, and closer. Yeah, hour by hour. You're like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. But you practiced it out of you. And that's what it takes to do a show like that. Like, oh yeah. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you guys like buckled down, took it seriously. I think that's what it. Um, I think that's what's part of uh, making our scene really good right now is people are they're putting they're, in the hours they're straying away from the whole band dynamic of like let's get together and just drink and and not re- just jam like people are taking it serious people yeah, are they're like, writing songs they're doing what bands are supposed to and get paid to do and that's that's what's that's what I'm that's what I'm liking with the scene that I'm seeing for sure um Excellent. I'm so sorry I didn't have that on my uh, oh, you're all list good. of questions. <laughs> so pissed I couldn't be there. I was really looking forward to there that. There will be more. That's the that's the fucking issue right now is like I was so active in going out, watching other people, supporting other people, and then my uh my college classes got fucking serious to where it's not like, oh, it's some color theory assignment you can spend two hours put together right before class. Like now I'm having yeah, to like put do time. <laughs> eighty track mixes and like um yeah, like like because the one thing you don't want to do your junior and senior year 
in college is look like a fool in front of your professors. When you're a freshman, whatever. But like when you're in your junior and senior year, you're actively trying to get a job in this field. Like it takes time. It takes a lot of dedication and I should be done in six months. And I'm really looking forward to that time so I can get back out there and go, oh, yeah. go to all the shows that I want to. Cause that's what always happens is like Friday, Saturday night, I either got homework or I got a bartend and it's same. Yeah. Yeah. Working nights, man. It's, it's a bitch. It sucks. It sucks. And it's, I'm glad it's going to be slowing down for sure. And I'm super excited to catch the next couple shows because my work's slowing down until uh, I get back in school. So really excited for it. In terms of uh, talking about the scene, give me a favorite place to play if you have one. Favorite place to play? Um, Honestly, my favorite place to play is in houses. I love DIY you shows. You like DIY? I We've only played one. It was our first show. It's frustrating. I would love to play a house again. Where'd you play at? Um, <laughs> Not around anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some yeah. house. Yeah. Um, big living room. It was great. Um, but yeah, as far as just like other places that uh, we have actually been playing, um, like I said, I love El Rocco. Forrest does a great job at the sound there. They've always got a good crowd. Um, and I like the gold. Personally, yeah, um, yeah. I, yeah, I, it goes I, well with all the black. Yeah, oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, the wormhole is great. It's kind of like home turf because, like, our practice spot is attached to the wormhole. We pay rent to the wormhole. Yeah, um, like we've actually we've got a lot of their stuff in our room. Um, yeah, this just kind of in the back. Um, yeah, so I love the wormhole. It also makes loading very easy because we just right there just walk around yeah. and go around the corner and it's right fucking there um, stop at Shadell's, come back yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah so like that's that's where i i really enjoy most of it um the two tide shows have been great because uh those are all outside we've really lucked out in having nice weather for those um even yeah the one that was in november it was like mm-hmm. randomly 70 degrees that day um for whatever reason the sound in that alley is perfect yeah yeah, there was a like um, the first time y'all played there, and that was I think back in the summer. That was maybe four twenty show actually. Yeah, that was on spring. That's right. Um, uh, Jacob and I went to that, and that was like one of the first like dramatic uh, leaps in y'all's sound and ability. We noticed because we had caught you a couple shows before, and then at that show, for whatever fucking reason, we could hear everything. Like, and Mario's lines weren't getting squished. John Ross sounded really <laughs> Mary balanced. He was just soloing with a cigarette <laughs> half the time. <laughs> it just it all came together in that. That was like the first jump we like we noticed y'all like really coming together, and then obviously that trend has continued, and that's excellent. But yeah, that that uh, that alley does shotgun that noise it's towards magic. you. It's, it is magic, <laughs> um, and it's a hell of a thing to see. I'm really excited to catch all this Saturday, and. Uh, Get back in the swing of things. That's see right. what's see what's up with the night squatch. What he's doing, where he's been. How many? Um, I think the last time I saw y'all, and it's going to be embarrassing because it was a while ago. Um, do you remember when we played in that warehouse? Oh hell yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think that was the last time I caught y'all. Oh for um, real? Oh, that was a while ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been it's been busy, and I haven't been able to get out as much. How much? I think that I think when I was talking to you guys last, y'all had four songs together that were like the whole i know set. y'all were working at st- on stuff but it was like those were the ones that could be played and performed out yeah uh where are y'all at now if you don't mind me asking oh uh, that's fine um we have um one new complete song we're gonna be playing that on new year's eve uh, okay we're gonna be introducing that it's unlike anything that night squatch has done before um, excellent it is a, it's it the sound is gonna surprise you i'm um, I'm, I'm love to hear it and then we've got another one in the pipe. Mario and I were actually working on it last night. Um, that one's going to be real fun. Um, it's actually going to be kind of short. I learned how to write a short song. Uh, okay. Finally, as opposed to, you know, 10, 20 minutes. Okay. Um, and then I've got another, like, real meaty collection of riffs and stuff. Going to tweak that a lot more. So um, we've got, like, three things coming down the pipe. We've got one that's just going to be coming right out soon. Okay. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and then a plethora of material to yes. to build on. Excellent. Well, after that, I think I would like to start pushing towards recording, personally. Um, I think that's a smart move. Mm. I think that's Because if you start now and you kind of you, you learn from what you did last time and kind of where you want to go and what you want to do, because, like, the full-length thing is a, a bit of a monster to tackle. I think that puts you at, like, maybe a year 
to within six months of your last release, so like a year to a year and a half. Yeah. And that seems like a good time to come out with a full length. Especially like following up on an EP. Yeah, sure. I just, I don't know how I'm going to follow up that album art though. I, oh, I did yeah. that like thinking like, oh shit, all right, this is like first album. Like I got to like blow it out of the water. So I put all that fucking time into it. Like, okay, well it's an EP now. You're quite, <laughs> you're quite, you're quite the visual artist as well. Like I've seen a lot of, especially like the full scale stuff you've done. Uh, like, yeah. I've seen some of the stuff back, um, back in your room. And that was a while ago, but, um, you were, you have a, again, like this, uh, very individual approach to it. And this very, um, I'm whenever I have all these like fucking words in my head. And then when I sit down to do this shit, they all just, they're gone. Yeah, Being human's a weird thing, isn't it? You have a, (laughs) you have a very unique approach to visual art as well. Um, and I'm wondering how you're going to follow up that first album. I'll figure it out. I think I have faith. I have faith. Um, album looks great. Sounds great. I'm excited for the next release. I'm excited for the new material, excited for all the shows coming up. Uh, our show together. I think that'll be a good time. Um, anything else you kind of want to talk about? Any? Hmm. You can plug dates again if you want. Tail end. Oh, well, actually, here I'll plug my Instagram. Um, Let's do it. So yeah, if you want to look at my visual art, I paint, I draw, I do all of that stuff. Um, I even do like a little bit of uh, casting and molding. Yeah, if you want to check that out, look up Jake Poliskin underscore art. It's my Instagram, Jake Poliskin. Um, you know, like uh, like snakes. Spell it that way. Poliskin. P l i s s k e n. Um, you could buy prints from me if you want, or you could commission me, or you could just be like, wow, Jake, that's fucked up. Don't do that again. Uh, <laughs> and anything in between. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, I would say, uh, that's, that sounds pretty good. Um, support your scene, fucking smoke weed, do crime. I like it. Yeah. All right, man. Anything else you want to, is that, the, that we can end on that note for yeah. sure. Hell yeah. Dude, thank you so much for coming and sitting down with me. I'm glad we got to talk to the thing. It was a pleasure. Can't wait to get the rest of the band in here. I'm going to look into getting a bigger uh, interface. Are here you going to get us so all in here? I'm going to try. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to do my damnedest. Um got a little bit saved away for Christmas hey, you do and that. we're going to be in character. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. I don't give a shit. Hopefully at that time I have a uh video recording cuz that would be the that would be the next move, but yeah, I definitely want to get like Mario and John Ross and um uh, Tanner and kind of individually as well, like, cause they're all sort of, I know they all got their own things going on as well. Um, talk to them about that. So thank you for coming, sitting down with me. Thanks for having me. Thank you for putting in the work. Thank you for being who you are. It's a wrap.